0: Thanks to Andrew and James Fodor for um, having me along. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm actually just some schmo, a Christian lay person uh, who has some interest in the effective altruism movement and, um, I suppose, how it might interact with uh, Christianity and Christians. So I'm just going to uh, make sort of five minutes worth of remarks about, or just some comments um, to trigger a panel which will uh, happen a bit later on with myself and a guy called Rob Martin, James and Andrew. Okay, so uh, the first question is, what is effective altruism? Now, I know we've heard a lot about this um, over the the course of the summer, but it does seem like there are a couple of different conceptions of it. So uh, effective altruism, I suppose, with a partial scope, you might call doing good better or the use of evidence and analysis to take actions that help others as much as possible. So Doing good Better is obviously William Caskill's book and the second quote is from uh, Rob Wiblin, his uh, blog post of his. On the other hand, th- there seems to be also a bit more of a uh, kind of a fuller view of effective altruism, which is, and this is a, obviously the title of Peter Singer's book, that we should do the most good we can and that, you know, effective altruists need not be utilitarians but they do agree with utilitarians that all other things being equal, we ought to do the most good we can. And that's from uh, the most good you can do, uh, and then I suppose you've got you've got sort of the the more rigorously utilitarian side of the movement, um, which suggests you know we should really take the point of view of the universe. We should take an agent neutral view of things in, t- in order to decide what's right. We should kind of you know uh, f- sort of forget who we are per se and. Um, consider the maximization of some sum, whether that's utility or pleasure minus pain, that people seem to differ on that. Um, but, you know, we should, we should consider the sum of that, and it concerns the mind states of conscious beings. And that the idea is that, you know, maximizing that, maximizing the overall sum of some quantity over conscious beings, that that's some way especially or uniquely rational as, a, as a way of thinking about what the right or the best thing to do is. So there, there are some parallels to these kinds of ideas in Christianity. Um, so Jesus has a bunch of parables, and there, there are some EA parables, like the the drowning child story and play pumps. We've heard plenty about play pumps this weekend. Um, and th- there are some, some parables in the teaching of Jesus which do actually roughly correspond to concepts that are big in EA. So the concept of scope neglect, which the drowning child parable kind of uh, picks up on you could argue that the good the story of the Good Samaritan which um, Jesus tells in response to someone who asks about uh, well essentially um, what it means to love your neighbor the question is who, who is my neighbor and Jesus tells the parable of the good Samaritan in response to that um, similarly there's the parable of the the minus uh, which I suppose has uh, te- teaches about sort of Being effective and bold with what we've been given by God in doing good. And similarly, in terms of the obligation to help people who are in desperate poverty, there's the story of the rich man and Lazarus, um, which also actually contains one of the most graphic descriptions of hell in the whole, in the Bible, um, which is interesting. Uh, I'd also like to put in a little pitch for biblical, uh, Injunctions against animal cruelty. So Peter Singer cited Aquinas and Aristotle, basically saying that animals exist for the sake of humans, and that the only problem with being cruel to animals is that um, you know it might make us disposed towards being cruel towards humans. But there are some passages in the Bible which, um, uh, for example, prescribe against being uh, cruel with one's animals. I suppose they're still property or something like that. And also, and this I guess ties in with what we heard from David Pierce yesterday. There is a kind of potential vision of a future state where humans and animals uh, live together. Although that that's quite controversial. But I'd say there are also some tensions between Christianity and uh, the sort of core principles of the effective altruist movement, at least uh, as they're often taken. So one is what is one is to do with what goodness is. So in in the very 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 early in the Bible the the first the opening creation narrative, the first use of the word good is that God created and you know it was good. Um so I think in some respect it's it's natural for Christians to think of goodness as existing in things, including you know things like flowers and trees and um you know the the environment uh and not primarily in mind states. And similarly, this idea that goodness can exist in things rather than just in sort of the sum over mind states possibly seems to fit a bit better with virtue ethics, where, where the notion of being good proceeds in a in a logical and motivational way, the idea of doing good or um improving the state of things. Finally, I'd say Christians would believe that knowing God is a very important human end and, and a human good. Um, And, and that will obviously influence our, you know, choices of what we think is important. And another difference is that I'd say Christians have a fairly strong idea of concept of evil and also a concept of justice. So, uh, here, here's an instance of a quote from a prophet Amos who says, just therefore because you trample on the poor and take from their levees of grain, you have built houses of hewn stone, but you shall not live in them. You have planted pleasant vineyards. But you shall not drink their wine. So it's kind of condemnation of the rich and saying that they're going to have, they're going to experience futility in, uh, in wealth that is gained unjustly. And these ideas of sort of forgiveness and recompense and reconciliation, I think are quite key to Christianity, like absolutely essential, but they don't naturally come out in a utilitarian framework. Um, if Andrew were to come up here and sort of deck me, um, I think from a Christian point of view, there, there would be something that needs to be resolved. It's not just that it's sort of harmed the total happiness of sentient beings from now until forever. That there's actually something that needs to be resolved there. Um, similarly, uh, distributive justice, I'd say for Christians is kind of a, a good end in and of itself. And, uh, here are some quotes actually from The Most Good You Can Do, where Peter Singer is quite self-conscious about being very ecumenical in, um, you know, trying to make uh, effective altruism appealing and here's a quote from Ambrose of Bilan and there's another from Aquinas in the book about uh, essentially the importance of sharing wealth and of course that will end up being important to utilitarians but I suppose it's only sort of incidentally important in the sense that the total happiness is uh, is kind of what counts finally I thought I'd pick up on a couple of things that David Pierce mentioned yesterday so um, I suppose that that's kind of a, a bit of a fringe um, topic within EA, it seems, but Christians are quite big on human transformation in some respects. So we believe that um, people can be born again, like can be radically changed by God. Um, there's a hope that uh, in the future, um, in what is sometimes called Heaven, but you might also call the new heavens and the new earth that God will actually sort of give us new bodies. Um, which I suppose sounds quite, sounds quite strange, but I think it does actually resonate with some of the the more extreme ends of the, of the uh, EA movement in terms of the, the kind of hopes and aspirations that people might have with respect to technology. Um, but the attitudes of Christians towards that technology will probably vary. Okay, so finally, just a few remarks on the the movement itself and Christianity. So I think this scope question will will sort of probably influence the extent to which Christians feel part of the movement, and it is something that that is kind of discussed within within EA itself. You know, it seems like some people think, well, you know, I I just happen to want to do the most good I can, whereas others think, no, it is somehow uniquely sort of rational and good to maximize some quantity, and um, to the extent that we're not doing that, we're sort of being selfish, and ma- maybe we can sort of fudge that by saying, oh, you know, it's, it's good that we feel good. Um, but but in any case, I think the, the scope question will significantly influence the extent to which Christians feel uh, or, yeah, feel sort of comfortable coming along to events like this, which I, I don't think that is actually the whole effect of altruist movement by any means, but... Um, I think it's also the case that like in reading The Most Good You Can Do, uh, Peter Singer, it seems, he's actually making more of a virtue ethical argument than is obvious in that it seems that the thesis of the book is not you should do the most good you can do, but rather you can flourish doing a lot of good. Uh, hence, he's, he's got a lot of emphasis on concrete examples of people giving away a lot of, of the kinds of choices they make and so on. Um, and so I, I think that this kind of this kind of, you might call it a softer message or a more virtue-oriented message, message uh, will probably be more palatable to Christians and also just to to your typical Joe Blow. Um, there's a question of self-identity, so I'm not sure whether I should self-identify as an effective altruist. I'm very, very grateful uh, that effective, altruist, effective altruism has sort of made viable, giving away a lot of money, which I basically think, you know, Christians should do it and like I'm planning to do it and I'm, I'm very grateful that EA has sort of brought it to light and shown that you can flourish while doing it. On the other hand, I, I don't really, you know, as, as you've heard, I have some reservations about what you might call the core philosophy of the effective altruist movement. So I'm not sure whether I should identify as an EA or whether the movement should have people like myself identifying as EAs. And a final thought about the movement is that it seems that, um, many of us here, including myself, I suppose, like we're young, uh, we would, the, the conference was described as being about people who are kind of really ambitious to do good and we're making career decisions and so on and so forth. I don't think that your, your typical Joe Blow, um, is in that sort of position. And so it seems to me that people who, who, um, I suppose walk the walk to some extent, But can't get as excited about, about the ideas or about, you know, debates about wild animal suffering or that kind of thing. Um, the extent to which we can or should feel part of the movement, I think is up for the movement to decide. All right. So that's all I've got to say. Thank you.